No, it's my neighbor rolling her, I don't know, bowling balls around. She does that occasionally. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm recording now. It's a shame we missed that great neighbor rolling a bowling ball bit. Uh, I was recording. What? What's that sound coming from next door, Paige? No, it's my neighbor rolling her, I don't know, bowling balls around. She does that occasionally. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. There, now I'll put those together and it'll sound really natural. <laughs> uh. Hello and welcome to Horse and Aloud, arguably one of the best Australian Bojack Horseman podcasts. I'm Jem DeSalis. And I'm Paige Winkle. And today we watched Season 6, Episode 10. And its title is Good Damage. So this episode starts in Chicago. Um, Guy and Diane are at a baseball game. And basically it's just a little montage of things that would usually make Diane really, really angry. She's a bit more chill about. And... Yeah, it's implied that this is because of the antidepressants that she's on. Um, so... Oh, no, wait. I was jumping ahead. Continue! Oh, okay. Um, Podcast for me! <laughs> Dance! Uh, we see a little a literal rat race, which is fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> so this whole montage where Diane is, like, doing stuff and it's going bad and then it is fine and then she holds up her medication like yay and there's a song playing is that a parody of a real pharmaceutical ad do you think oh maybe by the way america is fucked up that you have tv ads for prescription medications yeah that is weird although conversely i feel like it would be probably quite a good idea in most of the western world to have ads for the concept of antidepressant medication, because <laughs> it's hugely stigmatized. A lot of people don't want it because of that, whereas if it was advertised on TV a lot, then people would probably be more willing to have it. Yeah. But, like, I don't know what you do in that. I mean, we have ads for, like, Beyond Blue and stuff, like ads for, like, depression hotlines and, like, awareness ads about depression. So maybe if they just included more, like, maybe drugs will help. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. Not all drugs. Yeah. But some legal drugs. Ah, nice. Yeah. Also some illegal drugs. <laughs> <laughs> but you are not allowed to say that until they're legal. <laughs> I was doing, like, anxiety education with my psychologist this week. Mm -hmm. And she she was, like, literally getting me to list the things that happened and in medication was last on my list because you just yeah you're right we don't talk about it i was resistant to taking antidepressant medication like even trying it even when i was so depressed that i was suicidal but then like on basically then like entry level dose of lexapro my mood has leveled out massively and i felt really dumb for not trying it sooner oh yeah nice well i was just going through the scene Diane runs out of power and she gets a electric eel to come along and power her stuff. 
I don't think runs out of power is the right word. <laughs> you didn't use it up. There was a kite stuck at the power line and she got a blackout. Ah, yeah, I was just focusing on the laptop like its battery died, but yeah, there was a kite, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, so Diane is trying to work on her book and Guy suggests they do something, but Diane's like, no, I've got to work. So he leaves her alone for the day and we see that Diane's page, it just says chapter one, so she hasn't hasn't gotten far into it. But that is a very strong and classic name for a first chapter. Yes. So. <laughs> this episode has like a lot of like a different animation style to represent when she's writing about things. Hmm. It's scribbly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she's kind of doing a some free form writing, and we kind of get the sense that she wants to talk about her father and the mean girls from school. But then Bojack and Todd and Mr. Peanut Butter pop up. Hello, I am Diane, and I am a young girl living in Boston. And ever since I was that, I wanted to write good things that were good. This is not good. Fix this later. Diane, as your father, I am very unsupportive. Come up with examples of that being unsupportive. Okay, yes. And also, the girls from high school. Hey, I'm Chrissy Keating. Can you use my real name? Check if it's okay to use my real name. Anyway, I was a real bitch to you. But now, maybe you're realizing I was bullied too. Is hey. any of this incorrect? Hey, 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 hey. Put me in your book. Remember I gave you that salad bowl? Then I broke the bowl. I think it's interesting that Todd comes up so much. Yeah, me too. Like, because they don't really have that much to do with each other. Yeah, like, are they close? Although it is also always, like, Todd with the baby. Maybe she feels kind of, this is reaching a bit, but maybe she feels, like, kind of jealous that Todd has finally, like, found his place in his career. Mm, that could be like, it. Maybe she used to, like, even when she was doing really poorly, she used to comfort herself, like, well, at least I got my shit together slightly better than Todd does. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And I don't know, I like he's been there for years. Like, she hasn't had mm. a large attachment or something to do with him, but, you know, Todd was living with Bojack in the first couple of seasons, and especially when, yeah. he was, when she was writing the book about Bojack. And then when that finished, he became really good friends with Mr. Peanut Butter, when Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane were still dating. So she's in the scribble zone in her head, and, like, her father is mostly talking to her, which is interesting, because I think this is the first time we've actually heard her father's voice. Other than this, we've, like, only seen his corpse. Yeah. Um, but then Bojack is like, I'm calling you on the phone, and it snaps her out of it, and she picks up her phone. But her phone is upside down on her table, and it's on vibrate. Oh, wow. How does she know that it is Bojack? She is Is this a fourth wall break? Does this imply psychic powers? Is Bojack the only person who ever calls her? <laughs> I mean, that's demonstrably untrue. Princess Carolyn calls her in this episode like three times. Yeah, heaps. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't picked up on that. That's cool. Also, the there's a shop in the background called Pizza by the Spoonful. Yum. And an ad for Hugo Boss, but instead it's Bugo Hoss. It says Hoss. Bugo Hoss. And there's a picture of a horse. What is Hoss? Is, it, is that a pun that I'm missing? Horse is like a, a fun way of spelling horse. Okay, you say so. It's how cowboys spell it. Fits really, <laughs> fits really good on a knuckle tattoo. There's also Banana Republic and Bah Kids. Um, also, her coffee cup says Blonde on it. 
Oh, nice. Nice callback. How's that book coming? I'm actually at the mall writing it now. Why are you writing at the mall? I couldn't focus at home, and this is the only place I could sit and work for 10 hours. I can get lunch here, I can people watch, all without having to endure what the Chicagoans refer to as spring. All I need to do now is actually write my book. I have so many stories to tell, but I can't seem to figure out what the book is. You don't put any stories about me in there? I think I've written about you enough. But no one else is as good at it. I'm sure someone will rise to the occasion. And then we see the reporters who do not yet know that they are writing about Bojack. No, they don't. Um, so we see them outside, um, like a diner that Penny's working at, and yeah, the phone call with Paige and her fiancé, we find out that they keep just tracking down Penny, and this is the fourth one they've tried, and we know that it's the correct one. There's the bit where, what's his face? The male reporter. Max. Max. It does like the caca, like bird signal sound to get Paige's attention, but then offends the bird who's walking out of the diner at the time. And I was like, we know fish have their own language. I guess maybe birds have their own language as well. And it reminded me of how we used to speculate about whether all bears spoke like that nurse bear, who just kind of went raw, 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 raw. And we, do, we did at some point find out for sure that that's not the case, because we know that Sarah Lynn's stepfather speaks. English. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Oh, sorry, I get what you were saying now. I thought you forgot the word English. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to let that be. But <laughs> um, yeah, so then we go back to Diane. Um, she's writing about growing up in Boston, and she kind of, in telling her story, thinks, oh, she's got to go all the way back to the Boston Tea Party. Um, yeah, and her father comes up again a lot, kind of like creates him as this big monster. Me from Boston. Well, you're not from Boston. But yeah. Mr. Peanut Butter keeps like popping back in with this like salad bowl metaphor that she mentioned earlier. I glued it back together with gold because I read an article about the Japanese art of Kintsugi and it fell apart again. Yeah, I swear the first person to do Kintsugi probably did it being like, man, this is going to be a great fucking metaphor when it takes off. People are going to use this in fiction all the time. (laughs) Cracks in an object are part of its history. What does that have to do with anything? We have to look at trauma. (laughs) Diane overhears about this. There's a shop called Trauma that's having a sale, so she goes in to try on some clothes, and the clothes don't fit, so she asks, like, can I have a different size? Did you hear security still can't figure out who's stealing wallets? Like, I bet my life it's that hag Devin from the hair crimper cart. Oh my god, yes, that theory is beast, Ivy. Excuse me, sorry, I need another size. We don't see size here at Trauma. Okay, but can you help me? Sure. I think it would help if you figured out why you need to put a number on your body and let me get back to this mystery. Thanks. Are all the clothes the same size, or are they in different sizes but unlabeled? (laughs) (laughs) I I got the impression they were different sizes unlabeled. Yeah, Diane goes back into the fitting room and she gets a call. Hello? Oh my god, she's like taking a phone call. Diane! Great news! Birthday Dad premiered last night to a 0.006, which is the biggest network hit since the inventor of blood-scented perfume went on Shark Tank and got her arm bitten off. She's reading a newspaper that has... Oh, a website, a news item that has... Rad dad, not bad. It's a picture of Mr. Peanut Butter on it. Ah, 
Also, she says that on Shark Tank in the BoJack universe, it's actual sharks, and that makes me wonder what the hosts of Dragon's Den are. <laughs> that's what it's called in like most of the rest of the world. Yeah. Maybe bearded dragons. Yeah. Maybe sea dragons. Maybe dragonflies. Maybe drag and drop website interfaces. We're sponsored by. I'm not even gonna say it. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> So I thought I'd check in and see how your book's doing. It's been six months. Okay, I think it's about trauma. Trauma? Or damage. You know, those bowls that break and then the cracks get filled with gold and then they're even more beautiful. Maybe it's like that, you know? Like, we've all been damaged, but it's good damage because it makes us more who we are. Is that anything? Yeah, I like it. Send me the pages and I'll get them to the publisher. Okay, but no hurry. Okay, but no hurry. And then we go to the diner. So Max and Paige are sitting down and Penny comes over to take their order and they like immediately bring up Sarah Lynn. We're looking to identify an associate of Sarah Lynn. Sarah Lynn? Is this about Bojack? Is it about Bojack? I don't know what you're looking for, but I don't know anything about it, okay? I haven't seen Bojack in years or Sarah Lynn. But you have seen them. I'm going to go ask the kitchen about your pasta. Bojack. Wait, that's the fella from the police report who found the dead girl in the planetarium. Yes, if he was also with her at the AA meeting. Well, then why wouldn't he mention it to the police? What's he hiding? What happened to Penny? Oh, poop! Our scoop's thrown the coop! Go, go, go! Gotta stay in the loop! They're reading a newspaper called the Santa Fe News Mexican, which I assume there is a real one called the Santa Fe New Mexican, and it's got a graph saying that rabid clown dentist attacks are down to their lowest point in a long time, and... Are they still kicking around? I guess so. Yeah, cool. We go back. It's only back page news, though. Maybe that means it's a sport? <laughs> and the, on the front page, it's got... Mass as centipede pickpocket unstoppable. Yeah, because he's got so many. So got lots of little hands, I bet. Yeah. Have we ever? Yeah, we've seen centipedes. So we see Penny drive away, and Max and Paige run out to chase. Uh, I hope she doesn't get in trouble for leaving work suddenly. Yeah, I agree. She probably won't. It seems like employers in the US are pretty easygoing, especially in the food industry. <laughs> so back with Diane. Um, she's telling Guy about a new book. That salad bowl was me. And the cracks were also me. Oh, it sucks. I'm sorry. It's a first draft. I can't remember what happened when, and I keep getting distracted. It's because of the meds. This is what I was afraid would happen. But isn't it worth it? I mean, you've been feeling so much better, right? I do feel lighter and clearer, but also so foggy. You feel clear and foggy. How is that even possible? I don't know. Because of the fog. Hey, stick with it. With the writing or the fog? Both. There's a poster on the wall for hyena fidelity instead of high fidelity, and there's hyenas on it. Oh, nice. How charming. <laughs> So Diane goes back to writing and she writes about Todd looking after her when she was a baby. I'm 90% sure that didn't really happen. No. I don't think that's a real memory. No. I hope it's not. Because if it is, Todd is old as hell. Yeah. There's this whole thing running through where Diane's doubting if she really experienced that much trauma. She gets, like, interrupted by this new Ivy character. I'm Ivy. My mom and I just moved to Chicago from Southern California. No, I can't. My dad died, and we needed a new start. I don't really get Chicago yet, and the winters are cold AF, so I hang out at the mall a lot. 
I, I need help. Someone's been filching onesies by the twosies from the fourth floor baby hole, and if I don't figure out who done it, my manager's gonna mount my head on the wall. I'll take the case. Oh, and also, I'm Vietnamese-American. Ivy Tran, food court detective? She's based on the one of the girls working at the store, right? Yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah. Also, like, in comparison to the scribbliness of the rest of the things that she's we're seeing her right. Ivy is very fully coloured in and stuff. It's not quite as fully rendered as the actual show itself, but it's clearly much more fully formed. Yeah, and it's really bright. When we see like the food court that the story takes place in, um, in Diane's mind, it has like all of the same shops and like billboards on the walls, like with the same images, but like all the clothes stores are just called clothes. And this, like, oh, like, yeah. the, the food shop is just called, like, food by the food full. Yeah, and Chicago-style food. So I liked that. Yeah, and it kind of goes from darkness to light. If you don't watch the show, maybe go back and give that a little bit of watch. It's, it's very pretty. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think it's a very good show. Our show's better. <laughs> this show is so people don't have to subject themselves to the indignity of watching Bojack. <laughs> It's weird because, like, I'm obviously joking, but that kind of is literally true of my other podcast. <laughs> it <laughs> it's is. Like, we're watching Gargoyles, so you don't have to watch Gargoyles. Oh, just while I remember, um, and she shows the story to Guy, and he thinks it's really fun. I like this. It's fun. My book is supposed to be a profound treatise on damage, but I can't even access my damage. I'm too hopped up on goofberries. What the hell is a goofberry? You were having trouble writing this book when you were depressed, and you're having trouble now that you're not depressed. Is it possible that you just don't want to write this book? I do, though. It's just hard. But that means it's worthwhile. Good things are hard. I'm not writing the mall-related mysteries of Ivy Tran. <laughs> what not? Guy, come on. No, you come on. You come on. Diane, I'm gonna... She says, hopped up on goofberries. Mm-hmm. And that's her reference to Philbit. Oh, where really? there, there's a line where Philbit says, I was all hopped up on goofberries. And Bojack reads and it's like, what the hell's a goofberry? And I can't actually remember if that was like, the, it's a corruption oh. of hopped up on goofballs, which is apparently a real drugs slang thing that people say, according to Urban Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got a fun Willy Wonka-esque vibe. It does. Yeah, like snozberries. The goofberries taste like goofberries. <laughs> Everything tastes like something. Um, so, next, Diane goes to the pharmacy to get her prescription filled. Um, while she's waiting for them to be like organized, Princess Carolyn calls. Very excited about the movie adaptation! What movie adaptation? The adaptation of your book! What book? The town has really responded to your pitch about damage. It wasn't a pitch! Imagine all the little Dianes out there just waiting to see their story on the big screen! You don't think it's too sad, do you? It, it wouldn't be better if I wrote something more fun? Diane, sad is the new fun! Really? Yes! Everyone's very excited! But they want to see pages. Classic Princess Caroline. Um, so yeah, we see her leave, and she doesn't doesn't actually collect her pills. So the pharmacy is fun. It's called Animal Pharmacy, but like Animal Farm. There's a blood pressure check machine that has a sign that says, "If arm gets stuck, ring bell at counter." But then the bell is too far away to reach. Oh. <laughs> There's a poster that says, "Get your kids vaccinated Chicago style," with a picture of a hot dog bun with a syringe in it where the hot dog should be. 
and a chart of chicken pox symptoms that includes clucking and pecking. Yeah, it looks like it's a, an actual chicken. So then, yeah, we kind of leave that with Diane not collecting her script. Then we go to Charlotte's house, which we haven't been to for a while. For a long time. And he comes in and she's quite upset. What's wrong? Nothing. Uh, I just thought I'd stop by. Something happened at work. Something <gasps> or someone. Did you follow me home? If you didn't want to be followed, you should have been more judicious with the turn signal. Who thought you had a drive? Uh, can I help you? Paige Sinclair, intrepid girl reporter. And I'm Max. And Charlotte kind of is like, you need to go, you need to get out of my house. And Penny tells the reporters and her mum that she did actually see Sarah Lynn and Bojack at her university before, shortly before Sarah Lynn died. But whoa, Bojack came to Oberlin? And what happened? Nothing. I saw them and told Bojack to leave. That's it. Were they intoxicated? Is Bojack ever not? Go on the record. No, she won't, Penny. I'm not a kid, okay? We should tell them about Maddie. No. Who's Maddie? My best friend in high school. Bojack was living here and he bought her booze before the prom and then she got alcohol poisoning. I'm sorry, he was living here. <laughs> What's ah. this, a party? Did you guys forget to invite Kyle? Dad. <laughs> this is interesting. This does actually answer a few of our questions. So we know that Penny didn't tell her mom about Bojack showing up at Oberland. Mm-hmm. And they don't want Kyle to know about the reporters, which suggests that either he doesn't know about what happened with Bojack Jack, or that he does know but did not react well last time. Yeah. Because if it wasn't one of those two, I feel like they would just keep him in the loop. Yeah. And there are lots of layers of omission that could be at play here. Maybe he knows about Bojack kissing Charlotte, but not about Penny. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe all he knows is that Bojack disappeared and he sometimes wonders uneasily about the explanation for that. Mm. We we don't really find that out. It's interesting that Charlotte dresses exactly the same as she did before. Like when Bojack was in New Mexico, she's still wearing the exact same outfit, even though it's been several years, which, you know, cartoons. But also, <laughs> Penny's looks have changed. I guess she's dressed for work, but she's wearing a black t-shirt and purple pants, and she has this necklace with a triangle on it that she wears, and I think she was wearing it Oberlin as well. We've seen her in at least three distinct outfits now, and she always has something purple on. Oh, nice. A nice character note, I guess. Kyle, <laughs> these folks are from the refrigerator repair company and I just mm. told them that our refrigerator is working fine and they were just leaving. Quiet! If you think of anything else, please do give us a call. Kyle is very gullible, man. I don't know why I said that like Borat, but he's <laughs> humorously gullible. <laughs> yeah. Because they don't look very much like refrigerator repair pull. No, not at all. Not that they look heaps like reporters, especially yeah. the one dress in the wedding dress but there is something that charlotte says later that suggests that penny knows about bojack kissing charlotte okay charlotte talks about like mistakes that she made that she can never forgive herself for Hmm. which i assume is a reference to that although i guess that doesn't necessarily mean that penny knows what she's talking about yeah there's a bit where the reporters are like you were indicating so we could follow you really easily who taught you how to drive and i was like bojack (laughs) oh yeah you did too oh good Mm -hmm. pickup that is good. Good on them, <laughs> good on you. Yeah, so we go back to Diane and she's like trying to write a book and it's early in the morning and, oh, it's not early, it's in the morning and, yeah, she yells at Guy for whistling. Keep it down, please. I couldn't sleep. And you're like, shout whistling at me. Hey, I'm just whistling, Chicago style. Don't 
Just please be quiet. I need to write. Okay, okay, right on. <sighs> hey, how was the writing? What do you mean? You were gonna write today. Is the day over? I was just thinking my thoughts. Are you all right? <laughs> oh, oh my God, uh, Diane, what's wrong? Then she runs into the bathroom to to throw up. Yeah, so then she's tries to go back to writing her book downstairs, but in her little like imagination world, whatever they're calling it, um, she gets yelled at by everyone and kind of like falls into this self-hate spiral. You deserve it! I deserved it. The problem is you always blame other people. I know. It's you. We're on my pages, Diane! Because I'm trying to get to the truth. I think you're afraid of the truth. No. Your damage isn't interesting and you're unworthy of love. No, I'm not. Of course you are! Think you're a beautiful salad bowl? <laughs> Conceited much. It's really dark. Um, and she kind of mm-hmm. has a bit of a panic attack and guy comes down to stairs to find her, like, doing the whole breathing heavily thing. Talk to me. I stopped taking my meds. Why? Because I'm terrible. I'm a stupid person. I deserve this. No, you're not a stupid person. But you, you can't just... I want to die. It's so much worse than before. Baby, you're going to withdraw. Do I have to just be on drugs forever now? How am I going to finish my book? Okay, forget about the book for a second. I can't. It's the only thing that matters. Now, that's not true. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so stupid. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Just take your pills. All right? Then, when you even out, we can talk about trying something else. Okay? I just just want to be a beautiful salad bowl. You are a beautiful salad bowl. Yeah, this is why you don't just suddenly stop your antidepressants, kids. So, then in the next morning, Diane is feeling better. I wanted to say sorry. (laughs) For what? I don't know. I let the stress get to me. I should just call Princess Carolyn and tell her I need more time. Yes, but... What you have to remember is that you were in a really dark place, and the pressure from Princess Carolyn wasn't helping. I thought if I could get her off your back for a few days... What did you do? I sent her the Ivy Tran food court detective pages. What? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, okay? I made an executive decision. You're not an executive! Hello. Love it! No. I love the protagonist! I love the world! I love that it wasn't your sad memoir about your boring life! I slipped the pages to a few studios. This has franchise potential! That's not the book I'm writing. I'm hearing a maybe. I'm not. Um, and I really like this bit, so they go back into, like, the imagination drawing space, and, like, like the sad little kid Diane talks to, like, the colorized version of Ivy. It's really cute. Here's a mystery. Why are you so sad, core? I don't know. Just be fun and popular like me. I don't know how. Sure you do. I'm clever and free-spirited and a little bit sardonic, but not so much that it's off-putting. That's the way to be. It's not that easy. Yeah, I know. But wouldn't it be nice if it was? Then we go to the night of the showcase. It hasn't started yet, and Diane and Todd are talking about the book, and Princess Carolyn shows up late, like she shows up once it's all gone dark and everything, and Princess Carolyn says that she'll talk to Diane later. Yeah, so then we see Bojack come out and introduce the show like last episode, and we go back to Charlotte's house. Penny comes in again, and she's upset. I don't feel good about what happened with those reporters. It's okay. We didn't tell them everything. He's still out there. Penny. If we can get the word out, if people knew. It won't be just him in the story. It'll be you and me. The mistakes we made, mistakes I made that I will never forgive myself for. But if we can help other people, then it will have been for something. Once it's out there, you have no power over it, and you just got your panic attacks under control. I know. Please, just 
think about it, okay? Just give it a couple days, and then if you still want to talk to them, you can call them. <sighs> okay, thank you. You want to stay and watch Birthday Dad? Stay the night? N- nah, I-, I should go. Okay, yeah. I love you. I love you too. This reminded me a lot of something I think we talked about when she reacts to seeing Bojack at Oberlin, where she like suddenly started saying, like, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know any better, like, in a way that seemed, I don't know, like, obviously Bojack is at fault, but I feel like Charlotte at some point really drummed into Penny that Bojack was entirely to blame and he manipulated her, which he definitely didn't do deliberately. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like... Yeah, it's an interesting hmm. one. The most supportive thing that Charlotte probably thought she could do was put it all on Bojack so that Penny didn't feel guilty as well as, like, humiliated and taken advantage of and all of that other yucky stuff. I kind of wonder how much of the emotional fallout that happened to Penny was from like the thing that happened with Bojack and how much of it was from like the family fallout that followed it like I I feel Mm. like she definitely thought she knew what she was doing in the moment Mm. and had been thinking about it for a while but then like presumably a lot of very intense family stuff followed that yeah she would have processed the experience in a very different way than if like if they had actually had sex Mm. and then Bojack had just like felt lit felt weird and left or something like I'm not saying that would have gone great but like it would have been a different kind of trauma I think Mm. and I feel like making it all about Bojack was kind of maybe the only way that they could have saved their relationship as mother and daughter yeah like having a shared enemy Charlotte has to believe that Penny had absolutely no agency in that situation and it was all Bojack Mm. yeah and I think that would have been easy for her to do like yeah like it's her her little girl you know what I mean like I feel like sometimes parents Mm. they 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 think of us as younger because they've known us for all of that time if that makes sense yeah I haven't thought of like yeah the stuff after that night between them and and even like what happened to Penny and Maddie's friendship like they were obviously very close and like did this incident like ruin their friendship and that might be another, like, layer of trauma. Um, yeah. So the title comes up, like, it's obviously to do with Diane, but I think it's also to do with Penny as well. Penny's like, well, maybe I can something good can come out of my trauma or I can use it to help other people. Yeah. Specifically protect people from Bojack, which I think as a viewer of the show, you don't think, like, you can see what she means by that, but you don't think of Bojack as somebody who needs to be, yeah, that people need to protect themselves from. Mm. But saying that, look at all the people he's hurt. Hmm. Penny leaves and we see Charlotte pull out her phone. And then back at the showcase, Princess Carolyn goes to leave just if it finishes, like, kind of to get away from Diane. But Diane follows her out. I don't want to write a middle grade fiction detective series. I think you do, though. When I was reading it, I could tell you were having fun. Yeah, but I'm not writing a book to have fun. If I don't write my book of essays now, I never will. So, don't write your book of essays. I have to. Why? Because if I don't, that means that all the damage I got isn't good damage. It's just damage. 
I have gotten nothing out of it, and all those years I was miserable was for nothing. I could have been happy this whole time. All I know is that this book, I like thinking that my daughter could grow up in a world with books like that. When I was a little girl, I thought that everything, all the abuse and neglect, it somehow made me special. And I decided that one day I would write something that would make little girls like me feel less alone. Maybe this book does that too. I really like their relationship. Yeah. It's like it's like work, but they're also able to be honest with each other. Yeah. All right. So then Todd is walking out and he's going down the stairs and then he finds Bojack after the conversation with Charlotte and Bojack's like doing this heavy breathing and then he just passes out. Yeah. We basically just saw like whatever else was up to. Yeah. <laughs> leading up to this. Because this is where the last episode ended as well. Yeah. It was good. I liked that they used it to focus on Diane. Like, mm. Todd and Princess Carolyn popped up and we kind of got a refresh on where they're at. But mostly it was about Diane and what she's been up to. We have an email from listener Chris. Hi, Gem and Paige. Love your podcast. Writing from the US, I love listening to two Australians puzzle out obscure American pop culture references. Also, Gem learning about Arbor Day was kind of hilarious. I vaguely remember that, Chris. <laughs> I am writing to explain whether peanut butter and pickles, the foods, can be combined. And yes, they can. A bar I used to frequent had great burgers with a variety of toppings. One was peanut butter and lots of pickle slices. On a whim and advice from friends, I ordered one. It was an inspired combination. In short, next time you have a burger, or vegetarian burger, try it with peanut butter and pickles. You may be pleasantly surprised. Best, Chris in Seattle. Thanks for your email, Chris. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> uh, thank you, Chris. If you would like to email us, you can do so at horsinaloud at gmail.com, H-O-R-S-A-N-A-L-O-U-D. Um, or you can tweet at us at horsinaloudpod. You can also find us on Tumblr or Facebook, which we use even less if possible. That's not true. We kind of use Facebook if someone contacts us there. Yeah. If you like the show, please rate or review it on iTunes, or just write a young adult novel about two plucky 20-something podcasters who solve podcast crimes. <laughs> Did Travis McElroy kill a man? Listen, read, read on to find out. <laughs> the answer is yes, but emotionally. <laughs> I'm Jem. And I'm Paige. And until next time, suck, suck a dick, dick dumb, dumb shit. shit.